Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening where we are set to talk about another movie. This Wednesday evening is Jumanji, as I have been promising. And as it is Wednesday evening, I do have Father Mike with me. So, Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here, as always. Um, so, Jumanji, you know, maybe every third or fourth week, I think it's important to first talk about what we talked about in our opening week, and that is kind of the figure we have been leaning into, Von Balthasar. Von Balthasar, he's a widely respected 20, uh, 20th century theologian who uh, wrote a series of books titled The Theodrama, and in principle, what he wants us to see is that movies have the ability, the capacity to communicate something via the stage that really no other genre has, and so he really focuses in on the possibility of using the categories of drama such as acting, the stage, uh, playwriting, the director, script, all those categories that are caught up in uh, the world stage in any kind of movie. Uh, he says those have a possibility to communicate a certain truth. Uh, they have a capacity to expound upon faith and reason, and just not faith and reason, Father Mike, but really how the stage can be an entry point. I think this was a key phrase for you and I, how, how the stage can be an entry point to consider uh, the various aspects of who we are. And certainly in the movie Jumanji, we can all relate to uh, the portrayal of, of the nervousness mm -hmm. that comes with uh, our insecurities. Certainly as we draw this out this evening, I think all of our listening audience is going to know what I'm talking about. And uh, as you noted last night in our kind of uh, post-game discussion, if yeah, you will. Yeah, the huddle in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something about being in a movie theater, uh, watching a, a movie, and it being from a safe distance where we can criticize ourselves. And as we do, leave reflective into what we just saw, maybe how a portrayal of someone on stage, and of course in this movie, Jumanji, uh, speaks to our own masks. Uh, what was it that I saw in this character or that character that speaks to me? Yeah. And how we, again, have that safe space to just kind of reflect with it. Mm -hmm. No one is saying, look at you, look at you. We see it on the screen. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the all-important dimension of what Von Balthasar is talking about. And certainly why, not that uh, Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, the writers of Jumanji, uh, even know who Von Balthasar is. They mm -hmm. probably don't. They probably have never heard of his name. But I have to say, the more I was reflecting with the movie, it's as if those two writers were responding right. or maybe giving an illustration of what Von Balthasar was talking about. Yeah, you know, we uh, this movie is such a great case study in what we're talking about with the world stage and Von Balthasar. And we, we kind of got into it when we were picking the movie because uh, this has really been a smash hit in the box office. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for like, a, it's been number one for a number of weeks now. Yeah, it was, uh, it was number two, second only to Star Wars for its first two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then in the subsequent three weeks, they were number one. And I think for what, week 
number six there, number two. Um, I think it's grossed over three hundred seventy-five million dollars. Yeah. So, so definitely a smash hit in an unusually uh, high way, and yeah. and certainly the original was what in the '90s, and that was a smash hit too. And so we we kind of went into the movie with this question. I think the Von Balthasar question: Why? Why is this movie so successful? Why is it so engaging of the culture? And so that's really, I guess, the lens that we brought to this, and it's a great, uh, again, case study on what Von Balthasar is talking about. And, and, you know, essentially what he's saying with drama, as you were saying, Joe, is, you know, he, he's asking the question, where is the appeal factor? Why, are, why is drama so enticing? Uh, because of this, this uh, enormous need human nature has, he says, to reflect upon itself, mm-hmm. as you say, uh, from a safe distance. That it's not purely entertainment value that draws us but it gives us the, the opportunity for reflection, uh, for critical reflection uh, upon ourselves, but in a way that, is, um, that doesn't leave us vulnerable. And, and this movie is such a great uh, opportunity to do that. So I think that it, it appeals to that very fundamental need that we have. It's, it's a very enjoyable film. Um, those who have seen the movie, and I'm sure everybody has the original, are going to know the context um, it's it's hysterically funny. <laughs> it's action packed. There's a star studded cast. The uh, it, it's just it's a very enjoyable movie uh, for that reason. But but more importantly, as you say, it, it really gets into fundamental human questions. And also, what I would say is really a scathing critique of the culture. Mm. So you get these uh, four uh, teenage friends. Two of them are very, you know, uh, popular kids and kind of detestable characters in a way. Yeah. And two of them are kind of more the nerdy kids, but they're just you. You. You have a great affinity for them. Yeah. As it has been observed, there was a quality of Breakfast Club in oh, yeah. this movie. For those yeah. of you who have seen the Breakfast Club, it's almost as if they were kind of drawing mm. from the, the characters of that movie. So you know how this story is going to go. The adversity is going to be overcome through trial, and these people who couldn't be friends are going to become friends. And, and again, I think that that too is a need that we have. We have to see and observe that this happens, and it, it's a hope for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so they go. Uh, the, the game is updated. You know, you'll know, you re- recall the original was a board game. Now it's a video game uh, for those who want to leave their world behind. Yeah, that was striking, that line. Yeah. yeah, and so it really is a coming-of-age story. It's about self-discovery where these, they they kind of inhabit avatars. You know, the nerdy kid becomes Dwayne Johnson, the rock. He's muscular, he's popular, he's strong. Uh, when they pull up the inventory of traits, he uh, under weaknesses, it says he has none. <laughs> you know, no fear. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's interesting that these kind of interesting, flawed characters come into themselves through this experience of kind of a foil avatar, who is, in a, in a sense, everything they're not. Mm-hmm. And um, through that experience, they kind of come into come into their own giftedness mm. uh, through a team effort to to overcome the difficulties in the game, uh, to restore order to this kind of broken world, and then, of course, return home. Uh, restored to themselves, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for all those reasons, it's a it's a very uh, you know uh, predictable in a way, but very enjoyable story. You talked about, and I want to hit on one point to start us off. You talked about uh, this movie provides a certain safety, a distance from which we can uh, engage in what I would consider to be a scathing criticism of yeah, the culture critique. Yeah. 
And that is you have uh, one of the detestable characters, really, is the very popular, very beautiful Bethany, teenage high school girl. <laughs> and the movie opens with this very uh, elaborate uh, effort for her to take a selfie. Like, oh, I just woke up after primping and getting the lighting <laughs> right and the, the lips and all that. Yeah. You know what is really interesting about that? Just a couple weeks ago, Father Mike, we were talking about that ego trinity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the yeah. me, myself, and I. Yeah. You know, we all have iPhones, iPads, iPods. We, we love our iTunes, and we upload the iTunes with iDrives on two iPads, iPhones, and iPods, yeah. and all the rest. We, we take selfies and selfie sticks. And I immediately went to that conversation as I was watching her uh, take this selfie, as you just oh, yeah. said, as she yeah. was pre- prepping what this was going to look like, but yeah. putting it off as she just woke up, you know, yeah. that she's always beautiful, right? Yeah, so she's just, I mean, it's its the kind of uh, hyperbolic expression yeah. of our vanity. She's completely obsessed with herself. Uh, certainly she's beautiful, but it's just, I mean, it's detestable. And in this alternate <laughs> world in the game, she inhabits Jack Black's body. <laughs> so Jack Black is now this teenage girl, yeah. and you know how shameless he is with his body. <laughs> and you know what? What was at first her vanity and obsession with body and self and selfies and all that, it just becomes so comedic, and it becomes very tender. And you you begin to to look at all of that and kind of grow beyond of that with a great affection for it. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, where herein lies the safety with which and the funniness with which we can honestly uh, do the scathing critique, we, we, we begin to see how ridiculous that behavior is mm-hmm. and, and how, uh, how important it is to grow beyond that. And in a funny kind of way, we can laugh, but we laugh at ourselves because we know to a certain degree we're all that girl. Mm-hmm. But you can't just come out and condemn it. One has to see in the uh, the funniness of it and the in the distance of the movie and the story of the characters that we really can uh, laugh our way beyond and grow beyond this, uh, critique it, but from the safe distance you're talking about. Yeah, you know, Father Mike, you said in Jack Black, this character who is Bethany becomes tender. And I was asking the question, well, the question we kind of already opened up with, why? Why was Jack Black, who, again, is Bethany, is suddenly becoming tender? And I think the answer to that question gets to uh, the heart of Jumanji. They needed each other, Yeah. right? They needed each other. And once they realized that they needed each other, once they realized that uh, Bravestone and these other characters, Finbar, had gifts that she didn't have, or in the case of once they're in Jumanji and Jack Black... Uh, she realized that you want to know what I need to be open to what he has to offer yeah. or, or what she has to offer. And in that opening up, something was going on, yeah. right? Something was going on. It was, uh, it was disarming yeah. over the, the course of the movie. What you have is them coming together to attain essentially victory in the game so that they can go back to um, their detention, their school and, and yeah. be on their way. But the opening up to other, the, the reality of, you want to know what? I'm no longer absorbed in self. I see the gifts that others have. Gifts I, that are needed. Yes, yes, yes. And as we were talking earlier, you know, gifts aren't for self. Yeah. They're for other. And Bethany was realizing she was other. Right? Yeah, you know, and it's funny that the, the, the story begins, they have a map that's missing a corner, and the clue is you have to find the missing piece, and they assume, well, the missing piece of the map what they discover later on is the missing piece is another person who has the gifts that they themselves don't have. Yeah. 
And so, again, it plays to what you're saying, our gifts, uh, our unique personalities as opening us out to others rather than closing us in with this selfie perspective. You know, what's also very enjoyable about this story, I think, is each one of these characters becomes everything that they're not. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that touches on something very tender for us Mm -hmm. all, but it's played out in a wonderfully safe and enjoyable way. Yeah. The, the, the weak ones, the, the unaccepted ones, the nerd ones, they become the strong, the sexy, the sleek, and the strong, the sexy, the sleek become the Jack Blacks yeah. and the Mark Hearts, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it opens up, though, a kind of a, a crisis that has to be overcome. And the crisis, you, you see this working itself out in the, in, the, in the narrative of the story. And the question becomes, do you love me for who I am? Mm-hmm. Or do you love me for all of these sexy, powerful attributes, which I think will make me worthy? And, and the wonderful discovery, I think, uh, that, that we, are, we are thrilled by as we watch is them coming into the discovery, you love me uh, because I am that uh, missing piece. Uh, I, I am the unique person, the uniquely gifted one, uh, becoming what I'm not. Uh, becoming the one who has no weaknesses is uh, not going to be the key for me. Yeah, when they're in the principal's office, you know, the principal comes to them when he's letting them know they have detention. He says, decide who you are and who you want to be. Uh, decide who you are and who you want to be. The, the who do you want to be, that's what lies underneath what you're talking about there. Who do you want to become? Do you want to remain? Do you want to be this person? Um, who you're deeply dissatisfied with. And certainly there comes to be, you know, Father Mike, a realization because (laughs) in a really funny moment, Mark Hart is speaking to Dwayne Johnson and he quotes the principal. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and he's like, what what the heck? You know, I sound like the principal. You know, but what's interesting is he stuck with that line. He stuck with that line. Decide who you are and who you want to be. And the context there was Dwayne Johnson he didn't have any weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. He had all these strengths, and suddenly he was being asked to scale this, this mountain or scale this tree. At least he was perceived to be the one to do this, and he couldn't do it. And so then he, he grabs uh, Finbar, played by Mark Hart. He grabs him aside, and he says, no, we need to talk. We need to talk. He didn't want to show his weakness because mm-hmm. apparently he doesn't have any weakness. Mm-hmm. And then he confesses his weakness to Finbar, to, to, mm-hmm. to Mark Hart. And Mark Hart responds to him, hey, who do you want to be? Yeah. Who is it that, that you want to become? And, and as we were talking before, herein lies, I believe, the importance of the virtue of fortitude. Mm. We can talk about all of our gifts, all of the things that God has entrusted us with, but if those are not imbued, certainly with the virtue of charity, but also the virtue and gift of fortitude, what good is it? Yeah. We have to exercise these gifts, and in the end, we have to confront the weakness underneath the strength. What shines out there is the, the weakness of the man behind the strength of his character. Yeah. This is why I think this movie is such a brilliant, shining example of what, we, what Von Balthasar means by the world stage, just the, the, the name of this show, this podcast. And because keeping in mind that the world stage was um, uh, an imagination of the world as, you know, the world, our existence, our human life is a stage, and God assigns the roles. Mm-hmm. And we live out the roles on the stage of the world, on the stage of our life to the best of our ability. But God is the director and the one who gives you your role. And Jumanji is exactly that. You have these uh, teenagers who have been assigned roles with certain attributes, 
and somehow as themselves they have to live out that role on the stage of this world this game that is jumanji and so it really is uh this is like the paradigmatic uh world stage movie yeah yeah and that's why i was saying earlier it's like gosh scott rosenberg and jeff pinkner yeah very well may have been versed up in von baltasar yeah. when you really reflect into it now as we're talking about this, certainly something that uh, needs to be touched upon, Father Mike, is this idea of strength in numbers, mm. right? Strength in numbers. This was a point of reflection for me. And the thing that stood out there was, yeah, strength is in numbers for mm. sure, but to the degree that we are uh, responding to our strength, mm. right? And to the degree, as you were just speaking to it beautifully, that we confront the weakness behind the strength. Then and only then can we be strong in numbers. Yeah. You know, in a very important moment in the movie, the missing piece, right? The pilot, he has to confront this fear because in his real life, he's not a pilot. And so he's questioning himself. And every time he, he tried to take off, he was shot down. So he, he started to, to ask himself the question, well, maybe I, I don't know how to fly. I'm yeah. told it's a strength, yeah. but I don't know how to do it. And then they come together. And they tell him that, you know, yeah, you can do it. And they start to coach him up, right? Yeah. He rises up. He gets the courage to get into that helicopter, and, and they, they, yeah. they get away. But here the point is, when you talk about strength in numbers, strength only in so far as we are true to who we are, mm -hmm. right? We are true to what God has gifted us with. And certainly then and only then did, did these five make it out of Jubanji. Yeah, and so and this continues with the the von Balthasar flow. Certainly, it, we're we're assigned the role, but we have to decide. Like the principal says, how am I going to do it? How am I going to? We've been given the stage. I have a family. I have a place in life. I have a a school to go to or a career. But the question remains: How am I going to engage those gifts in the role, the time and place I've been given? Mm. I think part of the charm for me, with sticking with this whole missing piece thing in terms of, again, asking the question, why does this engage the culture? Why is this story so uh, appealing? And I think that it speaks to this deep conviction that we all hope to be able to hold on to, that uh, I too might be that necessary piece mm. in my relationships, mm. in my life, or in my world, without which the story cannot move forward. Yeah. You know, yeah. The whole idea of the game is that it progresses in stages, and the stages cannot be you know, uh, fulfilled or passed without the unique gifts of each person. Yeah. And I think this is, and we've talked about this before in different ways, but the existential crisis for us, I think, is this question. I mean, am I necessary? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if God has a portion of the roles, then the, mm. the, the fundamental existential conviction for us is, uh, yes, you are a missing piece without which uh, this drama cannot move forward. You yeah. have been assigned to the role, the time, and the place, and the question is... You have a decision. You have this one life. Uh, how are you going to decide to do that? It's interesting. Um, one of the, the at the end, very striking, is as the characters are somewhat happily, somewhat sadly returning to real life, and they're they're shedding off this uh, who they would be, their opposite, if you will. Uh, perhaps the nerdiest of them all, the, the teenage, he becomes the Rock, yeah, you know, yeah. da, uh, Professor Bravestone <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And as he's the last one to return back to ordinary life, he says to himself, you know, goodbye, Bravestone. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, it was so striking. We talked about this in the post-movie huddle in the parking lot <laughs> that uh, really, really entering into love has something to do with dismissing some of our false images of self and some of our illusions about mm-hmm. who we need to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was just so insightful. And as I was trying to be attentive just to the experience of watching the movie, mm-hmm. that struck such a resonant chord. Mm-hmm. And of course, they return to their original habitat, if you will. And the question I was asking was, how are they going to now respond to one another? Because before they went into Jumanji, they all very much disliked each other. Mm-hmm. So the question was, now how are they going to re- respond? Because certainly friendship is born out of trial. And they had passed through a great number of trials in Jumanji. So now in the real world, were they going to be friends? And it's interesting, as you were talking about attentive to the experience, the first thing that struck me was this nerdy guy grabbing his head. Do I have hair? Because of course, The Rock doesn't have hair. (laughs) Professor Bravestone doesn't have hair. So he he realizes he has hair. He's his nerdy nerdy self, of course. And there's this sense of relief. Mm -hmm. And then he just kind of looks behind him. And I couldn't help but think, what is he thinking? Who's there for sure, but how are they going to respond to me now? We just had this incredible experience together. Now how are they going to respond that I'm this nerdy guy again? Yeah, and this is the the human experience that I think we're trying to process from the safe distance of the theater, of the film. But the real question, and, and this is a real question, when I'm not The Rock, when I'm not Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson, and 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 are is she still gonna love me? I can't think of a more human uh, concern than that. Yeah, another thing that struck me there in the end, in relationship to what you're saying, Father Mike, is Bethany was free. Mm. She was uh, free from the former Bethany. Right? She had yeah. this experience, and I even thought to myself, "Gosh, that's really good acting," mm-hmm. because she played up quite well the young beautiful blonde who was all about vanity and all the rest now she was completely disconcerned with all of that yeah and she just embraced this this newfound freedom and that to me that was just a home run for the movie the way it ended how they were just all free to be themselves yeah and how about we didn't talk about this in, in the post movie huddle but <laughs> how about the pilot Right, so the pilot had gone back 20 years previous. Right. And the big concern once he realized in Jumanji, once, once he met up with these four characters, that, well, gosh, am I going to go back and I'm going to now be 38 years old? Mm-hmm. Did I miss 20 years of my life? And he didn't. He actually went back to 1996. And when he saw them, he immediately recognized them. And isn't that interesting? They look very different, and he was still able to recognize each of them. Mm. And what did he say? Oh, I'm so stoked. There's, you know, just as you talk about it, there's something wonderful. I mean, the word that comes to my mind is solidarity, and mm. that is the ability to recognize in one another common experience. Yeah. yeah. Over the muscles, over the vanity of it all. Yeah. That, uh, can we enter into each other's experience and let that be the ground? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was striking. I you know, if we were to go launch off on one last point of reflection here, because I'm, you know, and I think good advice for our listeners too is to really, uh, as we talk about the world stage, to be attentive to the experience of being a, a spectator and watching. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that you had shared is, you know, 
spoiler alert, we do this every time we, yeah. we talk about a movie, we <laughs> yeah. give the spoiler. Yeah. And you were, were saying something like, you know, because you knew some of what was going to happen that really changed the experience of the movie for you. Yeah. And, and that kind of launched me off onto thinking that, you know, this is a story about uh, becoming and growth and, and uh, you know, in a sense, that's what the journey of our life is and how necessary it is uh, in this in this journey of life of becoming, how necessary it is to live authentically, there has to be a certain blindness. There has to be an unknowing. Yeah, uh, amen. To, to really engage the one life that the principal talks about. Yeah. Oftentimes I've looked back and said, you know, would I do things differently? Uh, we all, at some point, the nostalgia of it, we, we wonder if I can go back in time, would I? But somehow to be true, to be real, for it to, to be uh, valor, you know, and, and worthy. There has to be a kind of a standing before what is unknown mm-hmm. and a leaping into the kind of a somewhat unseen unfolding of my life. And I and I think that too, in this von Balthasarian world stage uh, reflection of human nature on itself, uh, is something that really leapt out for me in what you shared as being your experience. Yeah, and for me, Father Mike, it's four words. The joy of discovery, right? The joy of discovery. Life is intended to be organic. God reveals himself to you in one place, and that revelation prepares you for the next, right? And as we move from uh, one stage to the next, if you will, from one act to the next, uh, from which God is revealing himself, there is a joy of discovery. Yeah, Yeah, I, I had a lot of people telling me about Jumanji beforehand, and... As they were, I realized that, yeah, Jumanji's a very predictable movie, but I already knew a lot of the other details. Mm-hmm. And it honestly took away a little bit of the movie. Yeah. So, of course, now our listening audience is, oh, you've totally ruined the movie. Yeah. But I think you make the yeah. necessary point. Be a spectator, because this movie, I think, will speak to you if it hasn't already. But, the, yeah, the joy of discovery, there's something there. Um, when you're seeing something for the first time, we get the question asked so often, would you do it differently? That question is irrelevant. <laughs> it it's, is. It, it's irrelevant because ultimately that takes away from what God is doing in the joy of discovery. Oh, yeah. And the truth is that question, would you have done it differently? I mean, the truth is you couldn't. You did it the only way you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking of discovery, uh, we have another movie coming up next week. Yes, yes. So The Incredibles. Yeah. Now, why are we doing The Incredibles? I'm going to be selfish here, Father Mike. It's my favorite animated uh, picture, but Incredibles 2 is coming out in June of 2018. So I thought it'd be just fun to reflect with The Incredibles. And certainly, now I don't know if you've watched The Incredibles. You know I've never seen it. Okay, so I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to. Yeah. We can't go to the movies, but we're definitely going to have to sit down and watch this movie. For sure. It's another movie that deals with a lot of what we're talking about right now, but it puts it into a whole other context as it relates to the superhero. There's that superhero element in Jumanji, but of course, with a, a movie titled The Incredibles, you can only imagine... And I really do encourage all of you listeners to uh, watch the movie yeah. um, before we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that way there's uh, no spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, well, and even if you don't, it's not a bad thing per se, but it does speak to the joy of discovery. Hmm. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, Father Mike, because it certainly has been a, a huge point of reflection for me over the last 24 hours, just the organic nature of who we are and how God reveals himself from, from one relationship to the next. Okay, could you uh, close us with a word of prayer? 
Yeah, we give you thanks, God, our Father, for the unique uh, roles you have assigned for each of us and for the, the gifts and strengths which come from you and are for our brothers and sisters. Um, as we ponder this mystery, we give you thanks and call for your blessing, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.